Hello everyone, Simon Jacobson here. As the curtain comes down on the year 2019, the second decade of the third millennium, and we're about to enter to the year, into the year 2020, I thought it appropriate to speak on that topic. So this program and next will be titled 2020, a vision for tomorrow. Everything has deeper reason. So 2020 vision clearly is a type of wake-up call to a, that behooves us all to think about the bigger picture. We live in interesting times. As always, there's paradoxes abound. You have great prosperity, comforts, breathtaking technological innovations, medicine in our personal lives, our social lives, our entertainment lives. And yet, there are certain issues that still plague us, and perhaps now more than ever. Because in a certain way, when things are accelerated and amplified, our troubles are also amplified and accelerated. So in the areas of personal life, relationships, intimacy, friendships, in many ways, none of technology has solved any of those issues and many, and very often actually has compounded the problem. So when we address the issue of the time in which we live, you know, people always wonder where are we headed? Are things going to get worse? Are things going to get better? There's a lot of upheaval and polarization, especially in this country and around the world as well. So there's no question that the road ahead has many opportunities, but also many challenges. But the nature of the human being is that we usually suffer from short-sightedness which means nearsightedness. We see what is right in front of our eyes. As a result, it's hard to see the big picture. We're distracted and even seduced by events of the here and now, instant gratification, and therefore makes it difficult to look at the bigger perspective. So when we ask questions like, where are we headed? What does the future look like? Are we entering a new world order? What is te- where is technology ultimately going to lead us? Is AI, artificial intelligence, going to replace human beings? Are we looking forward to an apocalypse or are we looking forward to a utopia? These questions that are addressed are very big questions, especially in the beginnings of the 21st century. I don't like to compare centuries, but when you think back in 1920, Very few could predict what that century was going to bring. And there there was also a tremendous transition. The Industrial Revolution bringing a whole new set of opportunities. At the same time, a tremendous tension and upheaval in the world order. The world order would change dramatically. That would be World War I, Russian Revolution, World War I, then, of course, World War II. So many ways, and I don't know if it's exactly by the year, Every century has its transition. We are now 
in, at the dawn of a new technological revolution. I say dawn, even though many of us think it's much more advanced than it was been, but the internet is really with us since 1994-95. So we're talking about 25 years. So essentially where television was in the year 1930, 1935. So we put that into context, much more to come. There's so many different areas, and some that are predictable, and some are not predictable. So in that sense, to really understand life as it is, the small picture, we have to look at the big picture, to take a bird's eye view. And when you take a bird's eye view, you can actually discern patterns, signs, connecting dots that allow us to see the unfolding drama in a new light. The unfolding drama of our own personal lives and of also the evolution of the world itself in a new light, which that in turn informs the small picture. So you can plan accordingly, you can strategize, you can think. Big picture informing the small picture. And that is the focus of what we were discussing, which is so fitting as we said the last week of the year, of the end of this decade, second decade, 2019, entering to 2020 to try to gain a better vision, maybe even a 2020-like vision, by looking through a new type of lens, a lens that allows us to see things in a larger context, in a more panoramic view, if you wish, which again informs where we are at. So, one of the tremendous things that blinds us today, I mentioned technology, for all its advances and all its connections, it also has a way of um, distorting matters. For example, think of the streaming media, 24-7 news, where every little detail is dissected, and we can get so caught up in a so-called breaking news. You ever see in these cable shows, breaking news. Everything is breaking news. When the truth is, it's one event that maybe has many steps in it, but they need to do that because they need to feed our diet. But it creates that illusion that there's constantly breaking news and everything becomes... So the moment suddenly becomes magnified, anyway, very often disproportionate to its true import, potency, to its true import. And we get distracted by that to step back and say, okay, think of President Donald Trump. What does that evoke in you when you hear that? Everybody has an opinion. I hate the guy. I love the guy. I hate the people that hate him. I hate the people that love him. And all the unfolding so-called news with impeachment, and before that it was the Russia scandal, collusion, a hoax. Some say may that, have been, that may have been not real, but there are other things. It's so occupying people, I would say even to the point like a dibuk. A dibuk is a Hebrew word where like a, a, a demon attaches itself into our consciousness or into our hearts. Perfect example. And you step back and you say, okay, how is it affecting my family, my children, the long, long term, the big picture? And many people cannot find an answer to that because we are living in the moment, moment to moment entertainment, moment to moment stimulation. And we're overstimulated, actually. Inundated by the stream, the stream, the stream that's constantly coming our way. Sometimes you shut down, you unplug, but it's very difficult to ignore 
when you're living in the Western world. So what I would like to do, the tools that I'm going to be offering here, are not tools that are new. It's actually tools that go back thousands of years. From those pioneers and visionaries, yes, 2020 visionaries, long before the year 2020, who instinctively or were trained or learned from the best how to look at the big picture, how to not be distracted and definitely not overwhelmed by momentary blips, or to see them in the right context. What are they, where are they going? And, of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You look back, you suddenly realize certain things that you may have not noticed were critical, very, very vital for the unfolding drama, and some were not so. And some were, at the moment, seemed to be one thing, and then they turned into something other. That's how a trained eye should look at things. To be able to look from the peak, from the bird's eye view, and see things, and then see where this is going. So a few key elements that are necessary, these tools, of how to ask the right questions. And mind you, this isn't just about history, the world, even personally. It's every area of life, how to look at something in the broadest possible way, instead of being trapped by a distraction. Like, you know, someone gives you, let's say, a package, or you see an advertisement. So we can get easily seduced by the compelling packaging or the compelling copywriting or whatever it is that's trying to evoke and stimulate an emotion and an action that you go ahead and do something about it. But when you ask the right questions, you start saying, one second, is this just the sizzle? What about the steak? Is this just the outer package? Is it superficial? Or is there something more going on? But for this, we need to use our minds. We cannot just be caught up and impacted by the subjective emotions that work by impulse, where something draws you. So we need tools for that. And that's number one tool, reflection. Never to just be impacted by what appears to be. Now, of course, there are situations, just to qualify, where there's an emergency or you need to act quickly. You can't just have the luxury of standing back and reflecting and pausing and so on. But overall, in most situations, except emergency, we do have that ability to do so, and it takes effort. It takes a look at something and say, okay, let me think about this. It may look terrible right now. It may look excellent right now. What about tomorrow? What about the next day? Where is this headed? Do I have control over it? That's key. That's the next question. Do I have control? If you have control over it, should I exercise that control and do something about it? Or maybe not. Let it play itself out. These are vital questions for the person who thinks with 2020 vision, for the one who looks at things in the broadest possible way. So let's take this, this, where we are right now. There's depolarization, for example, in the United States. Political, of course, it spills over into other areas. Again, the, the, the President Trump is a lightning rod in many ways. And I'm not at all getting into not pro-con. Just the reality is as an outsider, you look at it, you see. You see the two camps, literally. Two sides of the other cannot really communicate with each other. One completely does not trust the other. And, the, and criticize the other for being blind, either by hate or by love or by delusion. So how do you look at such a thing? Yeah, you can point fingers and start blaming the president or blaming media or blaming this one or blaming that one. But when you really step back, you have to look at everything here. These are realities on the ground. Can you change them? If you can, should you try to change them? Let's assume for a moment you can change them. 
This is what it is. So how are we to look at it? We have to ask ourselves a question, and here is the next vital question. So I so far stated two questions. I just want to keep this organized. Question number one is not to be affected by the immediate, to ask, where is this headed? Question number two is, can I control it? Can I do anything about it? Three, can I, can, should I do something about it? And now four is, what will it look like in several years from now? When we look back at this period in time, this December, the end of 2019, the dawn, the beginning of 2020, what will it look like? Now, we're not looking to be prophets here and make predictions, but there are signs and there are things, and this is the next most important point. Life is not static. It's a continuum. It's always on the move. Just like the seasons, they're always changing. We're right now here in this part of the world, winter, which will lead to spring, which will lead to summer, which will lead to autumn, which will lead to another winter. And it's changing all the time. Yes, we have four seasons, but within the season itself, there's constant change. As you go deeper into the winter, as the winter begins to subside, just as an example, nothing in life is static. Your heartbeat, constant flow, heart contraction, expansion, your breath. The concept of static life is an illusion and a delusion that human beings, some are trying to master because of laziness or because of our own lethargy. The idea, I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to be a couch potato. I'm going to watch football over the holiday season. That is an unhealthy attitude. Yes, of course people need to relax and there's times that you have to lay back, kick off your shoes. But overall, life is, overall, always is a continuum. Even when you're relaxing, you're going to sleep. Sleep is not meant to be an end in itself. Sleep, then you're awake fresh. Then throughout the day, you go through different stages. So by, if you see things as a continuum, then apply that to any area of life, including the point in history where we are. This continuum, where are we in this journey? Where are we in this trajectory? We are on a journey. And like frames in a film, we are seeing and experiencing as we are right now, the here and now, this frame. But it's a frame that's leading to another frame. So another key word to remember is transitions. Everything is transitioning into something else. In a way, you could almost say everything is a transition. Even when you come to some destination, that's also a transition to the next destination. So it's an ongoing journey. That creates perspective when you think that way, because... Even the most beautiful things in life, or, God forbid, the most terrible things, are not static. They're not frozen in, moment, in time. You could get frozen by the experience, by either the positive or the trauma, but life itself continues to move, and if you're on that, ro- if you're on that vehicle, you're moving with it. Unfortunately, when people get stuck psychologically in any given situation, what's happened is they've gotten off the train, so to speak the train of time, the river of time. So you're on a boat riding on the river of time, you get off and you get frozen and obsessed or trapped and paralyzed by that particular experience. And it could be positive or negative experience. In truth, it should always be seen as a journey. And that's also part of the journey, not dismissing it, but it's not an end in itself. That in general takes out the air, takes out the pressure and tension of moments. Because you reflect, you consider. There was a Hasidic, a great Hasid who said, 
whenever you get very angry, something provokes you, wait, I think I heard 28 hours, maybe 18 hours, I'm not sure of the time, but wait before you act. On a personal note, sometimes something really disturbs you, someone does something, someone writes something. So I've had times where I write a blistering email return, but I always say to myself, do not send it yet. I write it, I get it off my chest, and then I said, you know what, I'll revisit this tomorrow morning or the next day. Rarely have I sent such an email. Because once I reflect, it's not that it goes away, the bite or the sting of what happened. You see the bigger picture. You say, you know what, I didn't react immediately. Let me see. Let me see really how bad it is. Most importantly, if I write that letter, will it make help? Will it make things worse? Will I just be satisfying and indulging my own feelings and emotions? It's perspective. And you know what? After reflecting and you decide, yes, it's, it's important to write because now you've weighed all the sides and not allowed to be swayed by a particular emotional reaction, then by all means, you reflect it and that may be the wisest thing to do. The last thing you want to do is impulsive behavior. Just a small microcosmic example of how it is in our personal lives. So it's a journey on a personal level and on a, gl- a global level. So when we look at a time like this, you can look at, see the beautiful, positive things. You can see a lot of challenges. Here, living in New York, I can tell you, and probably other parts of the world and the country, retail stores are closing down like unprecedented numbers. Amazon. Amazon has disrupted the retail commercial world. Buying online, delivery that comes as quickly as it gets, within hours, if not within an hour. And it's disrupting. Now, from the point of view of those businesses, just I remember Tower Records and the big music outlets when they started closing down because music online replaced them, basically. So from the point of view of those that were closing down, it was a tragedy. Loss of income, loss of revenue, loss of businesses. But those that understand transition knows that's the journey. Learn to adjust. Remember the music companies, the music, uh, the music labels all yelling and screaming, and still it's not been resolved. It's affecting publishing and it's still going to affect. So you can look at it as the immediate problem is the internet is the problem. People are pirating. Create low laws and, and rules. So whatever you can do that's ethical and proper. But you have to also be open and realize that you have to turn, the, you have to adjust, adjust to new realities. And here becomes the word transition. It's a transition. There will always be in every generation sometimes more prominent than others, a transition where the old order will die and the new order will rise. Now, the interesting thing is it doesn't happen overnight. It happens in time. And the wise 2020 vision bird's eye view person sees it and sees, ah, I see a transition emerging. We are in a deep transitionary period. First of all, technology is obviously one of the greatest disruptors of an old order and creating a new one. Now again, there's a, there's a, there's a, conf- there's a um, collision between the old and the new. The old order is not ready to go away. They may even have deep pockets, but they're, and they're around, and the new order is slowly emerging. So there's going to be conflict, and conflict can sometimes appear as being very chaotic, and even worse. That's one of the signs of, tr- of real transitions, is disruption. As just like the disruption of a butterfly emerging from the chrysalis, the cocoon, in which the caterpillar, in the, in the caterpillar um, immersed itself. So if you didn't know better, it's a disruption of one order as it goes to another order. But then you see the new order 
is a far greater one. On the other hand, it would never have happened had you not had the old order. So you're constantly in need of, one of the expressions used by the Kabbalists, the mystics, is to undress a garment and dress a garment. In other words, to strip something and dress it with a better garment, which is the process of essentially shedding a layer of skin in order to assume a new layer. We see this with certain animals. We see it with different areas in life. So when you're in the middle of the shedding, even the painful part of it, it can be very excruciating. But there's a picture emerging. And when you look at the big picture, you see it. And if you speed it up, you see, wow, the balance. Even when there's a forest fire, which we all know a fire is terrifying and destroys, yet you see the regeneration of forests that, come, that follow a fire. And no one should be ever hurt. But what comes out of it is a regeneration, a rebirth. And this is true with our childhood experiences from the moment of conception through pregnancy, through birth, through the awkwardness of adolescence, and then adulthood and the challenges and the trial and error and the pains that we go through, full of pain. But it's a continuum. That is life. And that's the way to look at everything. So when we are entering now the year 2020, besides the disruption of technology, which is only accelerating, there's other disruption. So it's not surprising in a way that President Trump is the president of the most powerful country in the world. He's a disruptor, whether you like him or not. Disrupting the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, Washington, all the rules, the media. Now, disruption can lead to better things because it challenges the the status quo and allows us to see other perspectives. It makes no difference the intention of the disruptor. Just like a forest fire. Or it can lead to more upheaval and more problems. But that's up to us. Because the big picture is always going to be the one that defines with the story, not the small picture. You don't look at the moment. Now, obviously, I go again, if an emergency or things that some people feel are really crucial, you have to address immediately. But, you know, even with that, you find disagreements. What one person considers vital and crucial, emergency, another person feels completely optional or, frankly, doesn't even matter, insignificant. So I'm not going to address every particular issue, but the overall picture. This is what 2020 vision allows us to do. It allows us to look at the big picture. So you ask that question, where will things look like in five, 10 years? And again, we're not looking for prophecy. We're looking for seeing existing transitions, seeing what has happened in the last 20 years or whatever amount of years can be an indicator. It's not a guarantee, but it shows you a pattern emerging. And the trained eye will always look for that in looking at every given situation. Now, if you're a student of history, you go back thousands of years, not just 20 years, 30 years, a century, you really see that emerge. You see a certain pattern. You see a certain evolution of a world becoming a more civil place. Stephen Pinker's excellent book with all the statistics of how violence, war, aggression have all gone down. The trajectory is downward. Even though while we're living and you see a tragedy, an attack, a war or a battle, Obviously, or genocide, we're all shocked. That's not the point. The point is the overall pattern. It's not dismissing the tragedy, but it's allowing us to see the, the blueprint, allowing us to see the bird's eye view of where things are headed. So in that context, yes, many things in this world are headed to a far better place. But personally, we can be completely subsumed by our own traps, our own trappings, our own fears, our own inhibitions, our own addictions, and things that trap us. 
So 2020 allows us to, or I would say 2020 wake us, wakes us up to the, to the question, how are you looking at that bigger picture? I love one of the analogies that I use often. It just, it just resonates with me. Talk about time, the river of time. So when we're living in a moment, the present is right now. You see what's happening in the present. The, pre- the past is past, whether it's a minute ago or a day ago or a year ago or longer. The future is tomorrow. So if you think of time as a river in that sense, you could say the present is where the river, the present is where the river is right now, where you are in a boat on this river, and you look at the banks of the river and you see things. That's your present. What you saw yesterday was you were a little more up river, meaning the, you were earlier in the river, so you saw that, you saw that. The future is what you will see tomorrow. So from your point of view, you only see what is happening as it is happening, as it is unfolding. Now imagine you're the person on the boat, each one of us. This boat is going down the river of time. It's on its own pace. The clock ticks. But there's a bird right here on your shoulder. Now the bird is sitting with you and seeing the same thing you're seeing, but the bird has one advantage. It can fly. And the bird decides to take flight, to soar. And it soars. And what does it see? It sees where you are now in the present. It sees yesterday because it can see from the bird's eye view, you can see where the where you were yesterday, where the river was and continues to be yesterday, and it sees what will be tomorrow. This is not prophecy. This is stepping back and allowing us to see things from a broader perspective. So you'll say, where's the burden analogy? The difference is the, the body, the human body is the person on the boat. The bird is your soul. Your soul is a transcendent force. And as such, the soul has the capacity to step away from time and space as we know it, and see things from a broader perspective. This is not a miracle. This is not profit. This is about not being caught up in the moment and looking where are things headed. And a beautiful expression in the Talmud is, who's the wise person who's the one who sees the birthing? Which means, sees how, what, what, the, what you're seeing now, what is birthing. What will come of it? These are people who have the vision. When they see somebody, they don't just look what they are. They look, what, what can this person become? What potential do they have? Having a mentor like that, a coach like that, is a tremendous gift. Because they don't just see you for what you are, they see what you can become. What you're capable of. And that's a beautiful thing. So you don't necessarily see the future, but you see what you're capable of. And the same thing is here, looking at the world around us. You take the coordinates, and then you put them together and say, what does that teach us? Where are we? Transition, okay. This transition can go in a positive way and negative way, but we become much more control of our destinies when you do this. You know, when you're not in control, when you're trapped on the boat and all you experience is the here and now and you can't see or feel or, or experience anything beyond that. As soon as you're able to experience beyond, you say, okay, where is this leading? Where's, what is this birthing? So in this upheaval time, in time where people consider it to be such polarization, political, such uh, some people consider it to be going backwards, Step back. Think of transitions. Where are we headed? No one in power is remaining in power forever. Everything is going somewhere else. Everything is on its way to another place. You see an apple fall off a tree, and then you start seeing it rot. So you think, okay, that's so sad. But the apple's demise will become the nutrients of the ground for tomorrow. And it may even bear a new apple tree because of the seeds that it planted in the ground. But you have to wait. You have to see it through to see that emergence. And that's the way everything in life works. 
Now we humans are the problem because an apple does not need anybody to make it evolve. It'll evolve naturally, unless of course humans intervene. But when it comes to the human being, we were given the choice. Will you see yourself as an evolving entity, as a process that's going from one place to the other? But now let's bring it to you say, so where are we going? Where should we be going? And here's where the vision comes into the next point that needs to be addressed. So I discussed before whether to look at things not for the moment, but see where it's going. Discussed, can you control it or not control it? Should you? How will things look in the future? Now we want to talk about what really is a vision. A vision is not controlled by circumstances. It's not controlled by events. It's not saying, oh, these events mean this is the vision. A vision precedes it all and follows it all. It's a vision of where life is meant to be. And here I go to my own training and to my own education. What is life meant to be? What is this world meant to be? Why were we put here? We were put here to be partners with the divine, to, transfer, to sublimate, transform, refine, and transform the material world and turn it into a focused entity that's not focused on the moment, but on the bigger picture, which is what? Is that the world should be a completely civilized, spiritual environment with as much diversity, but there's harmony within diversity. So now we've spelled out a vision. Once you spelled out a vision, then you ask yourself, so where are we in that regard? So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to look where I am, and then I'm going to try to figure out my vision. No, you take control by saying, here's my vision. Here's our collective vision. And here's how we are going to play our role in the unfolding of that vision and drama. That's the key. Now, most of us will say, one second here, nobody ever taught me what my vision is, what my mission is, what my purpose is. Okay, if you're one of those people, so this program is for you. Because that's exactly what we need to do, is to take our skills, our talents, our, our God-given gifts and abilities, and direct it to something that's greater than your need. That's what a vision is. Something that improves mankind, improves this universe in some way. Now, if you do it with your unique skills and talents, then you're fulfilling your calling. And that can be the difference between more than, more than life and death, because it's spiritual life and death as well. Focus, vision. So then when you look at the world, you're looking at the world as essentially props in your journey. Not it controls you, you control it. What are you going to do with all these items? It's just like when someone's in business and for whatever reason they go through a transition period where business isn't going well. What does a good businessman person do? That's a time for taking stock, for accountability, for assessing, for auditing. What can we improve? And then there's the time when business picks up is to actually work on the business and the growth of the business. So there are times maintenance is critical, evaluation. And there are times forward progress. But that's how it is in every area. You're running a marathon. There's forward progress. There are times where you have to fall back a bit. You shoot a bow and arrow. You, you draw back and then you shoot. And it's interdependent. So life is a continuum. And you're trying to always look for where are you in this process of transition. So we're clearly in a state of transition now. There's no question about it. And that transition is in many, many areas of life, including our personal lives. But here comes the next step. You have to take this seriously. I find that many people relate to everything I've said till now. But when push comes to shove, they go back right to their regular lives. You have to take it seriously. You have to feel that sense of urgency. 
that what we're doing is going somewhere. We're here to change the world in some way. One of the things that saddened me so much, and I hear it so often, people say, I'm negligible. Who am I? I'm nobody. What can I do? One drop of water in a vast ocean. One grain of sand amidst multitudes of grains. What can I do? What can I do? That is why it's so vital to go back to the beginning and recognize that, no, you are a partner. You have something that you can accomplish that you and only you can accomplish. If you don't have that sense, so all, all I said till now are nice ideas, but you'll say, I don't have the confidence. I don't think I'm the guy. Someone else, I'll help them. And then you gravitate back right to your own devices, usually not necessarily growthful devices. So to taking it seriously, that commitment of saying, yes, I have been put to this world on a mission. There's some vision I need to access. And how am I going to access it? And how am I going to work on it with other people? This becomes the driving force. Because when you're on a ship, or I said I gave different analogies, you want to be the captain of the ship. You don't want to say the ship is going this way, I'll figure it out. Now, of course, there are things in life we don't have control over. But we have control how we're going to act on it. How we're going to allow those experiences to either propel us or to paralyze us, either to help us grow or to help keep us static or stuck. That's in our hands. So as we close the year of 2019 and we go to 2020, that's exactly what we could be doing, 2020 vision. But it requires a bird's eye vision. It requires the big picture. Where am I headed? What's my larger mission? How am I doing getting there? Am I deluding myself into failures, thinking that there's somewhat successes or minimizing that? Accountability. Do you have someone to talk to that you can address this in a way that is objective? There's so many questions to ask, and it all comes down to you and I have to do it. Many of us don't want to hear answers to some questions. We'd rather say, I'll just do what I always did, and I think it's good. But this is where growth comes in, where we ask the right tough questions. And this is the time. You know, 2020 doesn't come every day. The 2020 vision. Can you have that 2020 vision? It may not be physical vision, but it's a vision of life. It's a vision of your life, where it fits in, where your family fits in. And it actually becomes glorious when you become part of that because you're really a, par- a player in the game. You're a partner in the unfolding drama of history. And in that sense, where are we? We have all the opportunities today. With technology especially, nothing stops you from communicating a kind word a thoughtful word, an insight with anyone you want in the world. Not even money. It's not even a money thing. So it would be a good time to experience this transition by sometimes letting go of some of the, some of the drugs. And I mean drug in the broad sense. I don't just mean necessarily I mean drug. Things that we're addicted to. And it's just part of our past, part of our baggage. To let go a little. That's what we should be doing. Letting go. Stepping back saying, what would happen if I didn't do that? Would it, how would it affect my life? And you may discover that it actually would improve your life. And then you'll say, but I'm still addicted. Yeah, but you've gone the first step. You've recognized that this is not a healthy addiction. It's not a healthy thing to be doing. These are just a few examples of ways how we go through this transition. So, my friends, we're entering this new year, 2020. It's time to look up. It's time to look broader horizons, larger perspectives to climb. And that's what I believe we try to do here at the Meaningful Life Center, to do exactly that, to provide that lens, to provide those tools, those life skills that help you look at your life in a broader and bigger way. And then act on it. 
See, what can I do to fulfill that? It's not always that easy looking at yourself, but this is a great time to do so. We have the freedom to do so. We have the time to do so. So this is the first part of a two-part series. I'm talking a lot more next week. But I think it's very intriguing to step back as the year concludes and say, you know what? Let me look at it from a broader perspective. Let me look at my past year. What lessons have I learned? So here's an exercise. Make a list. What lessons have you learned over the year 2019? Just lessons. Number two, what are things that you think are real problems? Number three, are they really problems when you look at the bird's eye view? So make two columns. Bird's eye view, immediate view. The media view and the soul's view. And compare the two. Say, here's what the media would tell me. Here's what my instinct would tell me. But here's what my soul, with a broader panoramic lens and perspective, has to tell me. And you can do that about every area of your life. Family, work, politics, the globe. Any area. And look at at your notes. Compare the different columns. You'd be surprised. Some things that you look at and you say, one second, I can't believe I'm so petty. But don't be bashful. This is not about the, it's not a score of how petty you are. It's about growing. And growing comes from self-awareness. Knowing the problem is half its cure. That's how we should be acting now and how should we should be behaving. It's a perfect exercise as we leave this year. It wasn't an easy year for many. Politically, it's still polarized as it gets. And there's other challenges. But we've also, I'm sure, had some good joys. We never should lose having gratitude for the blessings that were given to us in our life. So, which gives us more uh, license, I guess, to also talk about the negative. But to not talk about the negative and not the positive is also not a healthy thing to do. So this is a part one of 2020, A Vision for Tomorrow. And we're going to talk about this, as I said, next week more in detail. But I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your insights, your critique. And hopefully together we can partner in building a better tomorrow partner in building this 2020 and then 2021, a better world. And yes, it's a, it's a world where there'll be a utopian element, but not fantasy. It'll be realistic because people will gravitate, as they've been gravitating, to more charity, to more kindness, and obviously to goodness and so on. So we're on our way, and let's all try to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So we are here at the Meaningful Life Center, www.meaningfullife.com. Plenty, array of many resources. If you've never seen, check it out on this topic and many other topics. We depend on your support. So as we come to the last days of 2019, you please partner with us in helping transform people's lives. Please partner with us in building that vision, helping people build a vision for tomorrow. And you'll also get a full tax deductible donation, so it could also maximize your tax deductions as we close the year 2019. So just go to MeaningfulLife.com slash donate and you can include a sponsorship for a program, a class, in honor of someone, in memory of someone. And that's the partnership. We also more than welcome and I encourage you to write to us. If you have comments, questions, you can post it. We're on all the platforms. Write to us. Suggestions, ideas, thoughts, a critique as well. That's what partnership is all about. So it's not just we're here to get to help you, that you support us, but we also want to hear your feedback. And at the end of the day, all the work we do is a result of our interaction with you. So this has been Simon Jacobson, and I wish you all celebrating the holiday season, Hanukkah, whatever holiday you're celebrating, and it should be a very blessed and illuminated year. 
And we will continue doing our work in presenting the vision. So 2020, we're going to dedicate to a vision for tomorrow. Thank you so much, and everybody be well.